This is the ninth week. We spent about five weeks, which is close to five hours, on defining what faith is. You know, we said this at the beginning of the series, that if you know these building blocks, if you know what faith is, if you know how it comes, then if you know how to use your faith, man, you'll, you'll be able to lay hold of everything that God's provided for you. You know, the Bible is very clear. We said that, number one, faith is to be a lifestyle. So we don't have faith events only. We walk by faith and we live by faith, right? And so this is a huge thing. You should get warm fuzzies all over your spirit when you hear that because what that means is you're having constant revelation from God's word because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by listening to the word of God. It comes by hearing it. And we've spent four weeks, this will be the fourth week, on hearing. And, and if you've noticed this, all of these things drip with walking intimately with God. The walk of faith is not a bunch of principles that you learn. The walk of faith, is it, it comes as a result, not just of knowledge of the word of God, but intimacy with him. You know, faith is really being firmly persuaded that whatever he said, he will perform, right? So we've said a lot of things. Actually, let's just jump off in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, talking about how faith comes. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we need to go back a little bit. So you're going to go to Romans chapter 10. Just keep your finger there. Faith. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith, it gives substance to the thing that you're expecting. Right? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We spent a lot of time on this. Hope is future. Hope is unseen. Faith is now. Faith will give substance to that which you're hoping for. In other words, God said, hey, I sent my word and healed you. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus himself bore your sickness and carried your pain, right? Things like that. Listen, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power and of love, and it causes soundness of mind. So depression, anxiety, fear, terror, panic attacks, I've been redeemed from all that, <clears throat> right? God says these things. So you hear them. But see, this is your inheritance. God did this for you. The Bible says things about his word. It says things like his word, Hebrews 4.12, is full of life. It's full of power, right? It's like a two-edged sword. It divides and discerns. It will tell you what is God and what is you, right? The Bible says things like Psalm 138, I think it's verse 2. It says that, that God literally has magnified his word above all his name. It's amazing. The Bible says things like his word is forever settled in heaven, right? And God says things like this, I never change, right? Right? Jesus Christ, 
the same yesterday and today and forever. James chapter 1, every good, every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness. That means what he's done for one, he has provided for everyone. Right? So these are truths that are not subject to change. Actually, John 17, 3, what is it? Or John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them, Jesus talking, with your word because your word is truth. Right? And then we, we, get, we get even more clarification because earlier Jesus said in the Gospel of John, it said this, John 6, 63, my words, they are spirit and they are life. They're full of the life of God, the eternal life of God. In other words, they're containers. Just like this bottle is a container. The word of God is a container and it contains Zoe life. It contains the very quality of life that God has. So when you read the word of God, you are literally reading his will for your life. You're reading something that's alive. Although this is ink on a page, this word is alive. Do you know that we will live by this word? We will be studying and talking about and meditating in this word forever. Do you know there's stuff in this word? I, I, I can't wait till God goes, hey, let me show you how I create planets. Go to this verse. What? Yeah, it's all in there. His word is full of life. Full of life, and it's powerful. It's active, it's effective. So we hear this word. We hear the word of God. And Timothy, Paul's letter to Timothy, tells, says, listen, all scripture is profitable. All scripture it's profitable. So, and it goes to the end of that phrase and the end of that verse and it says, so that we would be fresh and complete, fully equipped. Do you know in this world, have you noticed you need to be fully equipped, don't you? Yes. Right? Man, you gotta be fully equipped because Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came, the word of God came to give you the eternal quality of life that God has. So now in, in uh, John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those guys who were following him, those that believed in him, he said, listen, if you continue in my word, <clears throat> we're going to look at the parable of the sower today because it's a, it's a paramount foundational piece of hearing the word of God. It's only the ones that heard the word and continued in it that got the results. In James, it says the doer of the word, the one who looks into the word and keeps on looking, that is the person that will walk in it, right? So it's very important that in these times, from now till, till Jesus comes for us or until, until you live your whole life out and go to be with him, it's important to walk by faith 
You have to walk by the word of God. You have to keep your eyes on the word. Jesus said this in Hebrews chapter 12, that as we run our race, we fix our eyes on him. Well, that's fixing your eyes on his word. This is how we walk. But he said, listen guys, if you'll continue in my word, you will know the truth. This is truth. And he said, the truth of this word will make you free. Not just set you free. See, if somebody sets you free, you could be incarcerated again. But you're made free. That means in every circumstance, wherever you find yourself, you're free. And, And for us as Christians, what are we here to do? We're to reach people. We're to help them grow in the Lord. We're to change lives. So when you are free, you bring freedom everywhere you go. Right? So now let's look at this. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Have you found it yet? I guess the question is, Pastor, are you there? Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, But the righteousness which is of faith. In other words, you and I were made righteous only by faith. We were not made righteous because of our good works. We were not made righteous because we did enough to, be, to, be, to satisfy a claim and now we're righteous. Nope, it was through faith. We simply believed what the word said. You're going to see... I could could take you through the word. Peter, when he went to Cornelius' house, right, it says that that basically he was to come and tell them words whereby they would be saved. You see this over and over, that God sends someone to speak words, And a person has to hear words to be saved. They have to hear words. Five accounts of the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, right? Two times, I think think two of the five, they, they prayed for people. Three of the five, they laid hands on them. But in all of the five, they heard words. And that's how they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because faith comes by hearing. If you look at healing in the ministry of Jesus, they came to hear him and be healed. You're healed because you hear words. That sounds so simple. But this is the most important thing. Today, I pray that you have ears to hear because God's word is always speaking, but it'll only speak to those that want it to because God, he just, he won't violate your will. If you want to feed on the world, he will let you do that because you, here's sovereignty, he's a sovereign God. And here's rule number one of sovereignty. Your will will trump his will in your life, right? But boy, if you'll choose to hear his word. So this scripture says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise or speaks this way. It says, say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. 
In other words, the righteousness which is of faith doesn't say, okay, Jesus, you have to come right now, right here, and manifest yourself in order for me to receive from you. In other words, I have to see you physically in order for things, something to happen. In other words, the righteousness which is of faith does not speak the way Thomas spoke, right? Listen, guys, unless I stick my hands in the holes in his hands and, and put my fist in his side, I will not believe, right? That's what this is saying. The righteousness which is of faith never speaks this way, right? So let's keep going. It says, but what saith it? In other words, what does the righteousness which is of faith say? It says the word is near you. What do you mean? Even in your mouth and in your heart. The word, how do you know the word is near you? Because it's coming out of your mouth and the reason why you're speaking it is because it's in abundance in your heart. If the word, this is Matthew 12, 34, if the word is not in abundance in your heart, you will speak out of your unrenewed mind. But if it's in abundance in your heart, your mouth will speak it. And you'll know the word is near you, right? He sent his word, Psalm 107, 20, and healed them. You know the word is near you because what's coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. A Christian, the walk of faith, we speak out of our spirit. We don't speak out of our mind, our unrenewed mind. We don't speak what we see and what we feel. We speak what we believe here. Right? Have you noticed that in your life? Now, does that mean you, you do this flawlessly? Well, that's the goal. But I'm telling you, the more of the word that you get in your heart, the more your speech will be right. You know, I don't walk around as much now as I used to. Man, I, I used to just be walking around all day. Okay, Father, I just said that. I don't believe that. I curse that word in Jesus' name. Three minutes later, Father, I don't believe that. I curse that word. It will not produce, right? Once you keep, you just keep building and you keep getting used to, see, you have to get used to walking by faith. But what's really cool is you've got a personal trainer. He's God. He's on the inside of you. He knows everything you're going to face. The Bible says that he'll actually lift you up as you allow the word to manifest upon you, he'll lift you up so you can survey your battlefield. Do you know in Psalm 23, it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do you know our whole life on this earth, you're walking through a battlefield? Isn't that amazing? But you know there's no armor for a Christian's back? Because we are never to be anywhere else but face to face with our enemy. And as we live this way, mostly what we see of our enemy is his back. Because we're submitted to the Lord and we're resisting him and he's running like a little scared kitty cat, right? 
Why is he doing that? Not because of who you are, but because of who you are in him. Right? So it says here, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Oh, we've made this into a camp. Well, are you a word of faith, church? Well, of course we are. Oh, aren't you? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. If, see, there is no such thing as a church. There's only a word of faith church. Because if a church is not preaching the word of God so that faith is produced in the hearers, oh, they might have a nice-looking building, but I kind of doubt that there's a lampstand there. And I don't know about you, when I read that first letter to the seven churches, Ephesus, and God says, listen, you guys, if you don't come back to your first love and get over yourself, I'm going to take your lampstand out of here. I tell the Lord that all the time. Jesus, you'll never have to take this lampstand. Nope. You know, we're always going to, we're all, the, the Holy Spirit, the only way he would ever be in the back room is if he would want to go there. Because he could do whatever he wants to do. Yes, sir. But boy, please, come out soon and, and be, like right now, today, the Holy Spirit is right here. Right? My goal in life is to flow with him. If I'm ever not flowing with him, you'll be able to tell it. If you're full of the word, you'll be able to tell it because you'll be like, man, what, what, what's wrong with pastor? Those words coming out of his mouth. He's saying some of the same things, but it doesn't seem the same. See, the Holy Spirit is the anointing, right? So let's keep going with this. What is the word of faith? I'm so glad you asked, verse 9. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. It's a little vague in English, but literally in the Greek language it would mean if you would confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Now this is very important. We think of this only as getting saved and it is talking about somebody getting saved there's a lot of people that believe that jesus is god they believe it in their mind they're like yeah that makes sense and i'm even sensing some things but what they do is they confess jesus come in and be my savior but that's not how it works it's it's jesus you are my lord I'm so glad that my life is not my own. It's really amazing. God is such a good God that when I gave him my life, you know what he did? He turned right around and he gave it back to me. And he said, okay, now come on, follow me. That's not what Satan does, is it? You're gonna do this, say this, do this. You're not going here. You're never gonna amount to anything. No, no, God's like, no, no, come on, follow me. Right? If you'll notice when Jesus comes back in the second coming, boy, good feeling gone on the earth, right? If you'll notice, it doesn't say that all of us, all the saints, 
are out in front of him and he's our commander in chief hanging back where he's safe. No, 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 no. We'll be following him. In other words, God will never call you to do anything that he's not willing to do. Isn't that cool? This is how so awesome this is. So, but don't stop here with the Jesus is Lord thing. <clears throat> Today, you're going to have to do this if you want to walk by faith. Walking by faith is, man, Satan, a, a pain hits your body, symptoms hit your body, and you're like, no, Jesus is my Lord. Symptoms, you got to go. Poverty and lack, you got to go. No, no, no. Jesus is my Lord. If you go down in Romans 8, it says, the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit. What? That I am a child of God. In other words, that Jesus is my Lord. Tony, don't put up with that. I'm your Lord. See, this is how we walk by faith. Walking by faith is not a tiptoe through the tulips thing. No, no, you're at rest, but your enemy's not at rest. You're kicking him in the face constantly, reminding him that he's defeated, reminding your physical body, wait a minute, time out. Physical body, you're not allowed to hurt. Because Jesus bore this, and by the way, you're not believing for healing in your body. Right? It's his body. That, that's good news to somebody who's believing God for healing. Oh, Lord, I just believe that I receive healing in my body. Oh, excuse me. It's, you know, Satan's attacking your body. How do you feel about that? Right? That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Isn't that good news? But you're saying, well, pastor, but you said this is more than just being saved. No, the word saved means rescued. It means delivered. It means healed. It means made whole. It means provided for. So if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be healed. Because see, if you believe God raised Jesus from the dead, then you know he's alive. He's in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of his father and he's watching over his word to perform it. And his word is forever settled in heaven. This earth system can do whatever it's going to do. The world's leaders can do whatever they, they can try to do whatever they're going to do. But the bottom line is, you and I are the ones with authority on this earth. So it's time for the church to rise up and use that authority. We need to, don't we? Do you want to give Satan ground? I don't. No, because see, he doesn't ever stop. He wants, he wants you off the planet, right? So let's keep going. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, verse 11, whosoever believeth on him shall, shall not be ashamed. Wow. Do you know in this Greek word ashamed, you could literally, if you look at the wording in the Greek, one of the words, one of the meanings of that Greek word means 
whosoever believeth on him shall not fail to receive. I love that. And then it goes on in verse 12. Well, that's so good, we got to read that again. For the scripture said, did you, did you just get that? That just kind of went off in people, didn't it? Somebody just got their answer. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, shall never fail to receive. In other words, you believe on him and you'll receive everything. That's the walk of faith. Right? But now it's got to explain this. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich. That means inexhaustible supply of riches to everyone who calls upon him. Man, if you'll just believe on him, you will never fail to receive because it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, what your criminal record is, what you've done, it doesn't matter. He is rich to everyone who calls upon him. Isn't that amazing? This is why God has to, has to tell us don't look at other people. Have you ever noticed when you're believing God for something? And here's, here's another person that doesn't really know as much as you do in your, in your opinion, right? You're in trouble already thinking like that. <laughs> right? And, and all this stuff, and they just instantly, boom, instantly receive what you're believing God for for years. And the enemy's on your shoulder and your flesh is going, man, that's not fair. Well, know this, God is going, whoever believes, whoever believes in me, you will never fail to receive. Isn't that good news? Wow. Why is that, why is that true? He's rich. He's, uh, let, me, let me just read it again. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Wow. He's more than enough. Part of that word rich means he's more than enough. More than enough. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're going to start talking about this next week. How do you release your faith? How do you use your faith? You must call. If you call, you will get the result. Right? But then it goes on and it says, but how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? So in other words, you have to make, you've heard me say this, you have to make the choice of believing to come into the place of knowing. How can they call unless they believe? So you could never get the result unless you call, but you can't even call unless you believe. And here's the good news on that. All you have to do is choose to believe. You make a choice that this word is the final authority. That's, that's all you have to do. So how can they call on him in whom they've not believed? But then it goes, and how shall they believe in him in, of whom they have not heard? 
So this is what we're talking about. Faith comes by hearing. See, unless you, how can you choose to believe? You have to hear. And if you're ever sitting, if you're ever sitting in your living room watching a YouTube video of a preacher and he starts telling you something contrary to what the word says, like God heals some and not others, get that out of my house. I'm turning you off right now, never listening to you again. I can't. I can't listen to that nonsense. It's not the word. It's like you're inviting Satan into your house. Go, okay, lie to me. See, you've got to hear. You've got to hear. And to hear, hearing means you have to have him first. You have to readily be willing when you hear his word. Because it's his word, I'm ready to receive it. You're going to see in the parable of the sower, Jesus came and he told a parable. He told all about the parable. And then he left, and he went with his disciples. But there were some people that followed and said, hey, Jesus, that was an awesome message. Um, can you actually tell me what you said? Those were the people that had ears to hear. Right? What do you mean by that? Have you ever read the Bible, and you're reading this, and you're like, all right, got my chapter in, going through the New Testament. Have no idea what I just read, right? What we're saying is, man, God, I know it's life. I know, I believe that what you say you'll do, so I'm gonna keep coming back and hearing and hearing. I mean, you guys come back? I mean, I say the same thing every service, right? If I ever don't, leave, because what else is there to say, right? And I can tell you this, we could preach on one verse until Jesus comes and we wouldn't tap into all the revelation of it. To be honest with you, if we ever did that, oh my gosh, you guys would be going to lunch after service going, wow, you know, pastor is really, his preaching is better. You know what that means when you say that, if you ever say that? It means your hearing is better. That's all that that means. So let's keep going with this. Boy, this is a different direction. <laughs> so how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, if somebody is not proclaiming it, people can't hear it. Job security for me? Job security for you. Because don't think I'm the proclaimer. I'm one of them. Right? I, but, but you're called. You know you're in full-time ministry. Right? And you're called to proclaim truth. And boy, does this world need to hear it. Not, let me beat you up with the Bible. No, it's got to be dripping in the love of God. The gospel is Jesus took your place. It's going to be all right. God has a future for you. But it says here, and this is a big one, how can they preach except they be sent? And, you know, we've all heard the saying, many, many just went, but, but there's a few that were sent. 
Have you ever been one of those that went? I have. Have you ever been in somebody's life and you're trying to tell them something, but the Lord is not directing you to tell them something, and it's, it's like, ugh, it doesn't produce anything. So this is why we have to be led by the Spirit of God so that we're sent. This is why when a person's looking to be planted in a church, they should connect with the pulpit. Now the danger is if a person is just living for themselves, they might not sense it. But boy, if they're hungry, all of a sudden they'll connect. You know, you'll, you'll receive from a lot of people. But I'm telling you, if God's planted you here, the gifts inside of me, things will be said that will equip you in a manner that's beyond. And, and what I tell people all the time, you get planted in a church, you'll be able to receive from so many other ministry gifts because you're planted, right? Have you ever met somebody that just lives on internet preachers and they're not planted in a local body? They don't have relationship. They're, they're just, it's like they're, they're trying to live a certain way, but they can't really grab onto things. So this is very important. You have to be in a position. You have to be in a position where you are walking where, some, where God has sent somebody so that they can proclaim something, so that you can hear something, so that you can believe something, and then act on it to get the result. So the Holy Spirit will always... Have you noticed this? When you get hungry for God, bumper stickers will start talking to you. <laughs> you know, billboards on the, on the highway. You know, you'll run into people that will share something with you from the Word of God. You'll, I mean, everywhere you go, you'll turn on the TV, and this, this preacher from another country or another state will start talking, and you're like, wow. It's like God is just... When you have ears to hear... He's always sending people to speak so that you can hear. This is what this is talking about. And then it goes down. And it says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Wow. So when you go out, preach the good news of peace. Jesus came. And now you could have peace, right? He'll protect you. He'll provide for you. He'll heal you. He'll do all these things. I love that. It says here, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? See, this is a big one. Where did, where did Isaiah say that? That's Isaiah 53.1. That's the first verse in the great redemptive chapter. Who has believed God's report? Well, the person who believes it, that's the person whom the arm, the manifested power of God, will be revealed to them. You have to choose to believe the report. But then it says this, and we've been talking about this verse, so then faith, it cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes. It literally means that it comes as you hear. You, you, you reverence 
you honor and you respect the word of God to the point to where you give it your undivided attention and you readily receive it. So you're hearing it not to decide if you're going to do it. No, because it's God's word, you've already made that decision. Whatever, whatever I hear, I'll do. Right? I, I'm, I'm readily receiving it. it. It literally means to understand or to believe what's being said and understand the message or the reality of it. Now, you don't have to understand every facet of the reality of the word, but you understand the message and the reality of it. That if God said he's provided healing for me, then it's mine. If God said he would take care of me, then it's mine. If he said, every time I pray, if I ask anything according to his will, he will hear me, and if I know he hears me, I already know that I have the petition I've asked of him. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I receive this message. Whenever I hear the word of God, I receive it. I know that God is good all the time. I know his mercy endures forever. I know his word is life. It will never hurt me. So I, I, this is how I receive it. And faith, see what happens is now the word of God starts talking to you. And when the word talks to you from the inside, from your spirit, man, that's where faith comes. A lot of people think faith comes just because they simply, okay, you know what, I believe it. I've been hearing this forever, I believe it. No, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. So what happens is I have to hear the word. Like today you're hearing the word. No doubt the Lord is going to deal with every one of us right where we are about some things. There's probably even going to be some scriptures that come up that you're going to grab hold of that God's going to want you to start meditating on. And you start saying them over and over and over, right? Because the Bible says life and death is in the power of your tongue. That, that word in, in Proverbs 18, it literally means life and death is in the direction of your tongue and life and death is in the hand of your tongue. Your tongue hands you things. It'll hand you death or it'll hand you life. So that's why it's not okay to speak your circumstances. Have you ever noticed when you're speaking your circumstances unless you're declaring the word over them and that you're free from your circumstances, if you're talking about your circumstances, have you ever know it, know, do you realize it, it never produces life? It, it'll, it can't. Only God's word is full of life. Every other word that is not God's word is full of death. Not partial, but full of it. So this is what Satan gets you to do. So he, he has all this death. His words, I feel horrible. I can't do this. I'm weak. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired. I'm fed up. Why is this happening to me? This is not fair. These are words. And they contain death. And Satan will bring circumstances and people to ignite your flesh 
to where emotionally you just feel like you got to get it out. And when you do, this is what you're doing. It's like this is poison. And you're drinking it. And his goal is to get you to drink it all the time. Right? But here's the good news. You don't have to. See, what is the weak supposed to say? I'm strong. Why do, you, why do you say that? Because God says, be strong in the Lord. His word is an enablement. His word is his will for your life. Right? All of these things are so very, very important. Faith comes by hearing. So now let's run over to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. What time is it? We might, boy. We need to buy a clock that goes slower. We need like one of those eternal, outside the realm of time clocks, right? Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, and this is talking about Jesus. It says, and he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Isn't that amazing? Could you imagine Jesus? He's on the seashore, but this crowd is pressing to get close to him, and he has to move back. Finally, he's like, okay, I just got to get in a boat. Man, I can't wait until I have to preach up here. Right? I can't wait until I have to park in, a, in somebody's parking lot. Hey, can I, can I park my car in your driveway for a couple hours? I can't even get to the church because there's so many people that are coming to hear and be healed. Wouldn't that be great in our, in, our, in, our, in our city? That'd be wonderful. And it said here, and he taught many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And, and he tells this story. He goes through verse eight and he tells the parable. And then in verse nine, he says this, and he said unto them, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. So now, in this verse, he is giving you literally the key to the mystery of the kingdom of God. This is, this is the spiritual truth of this whole parable. And Jesus even said, if you don't understand this parable, you'll never be able to understand any of the other parables that I say to you. A parable now is given, it's a story that is to showcase one truth spiritually. And the truth is right here. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Do you know that if you are in a position where you choose to have ears to hear, do you realize you will constantly be hearing the very voice of God on the inside of you speaking his word? And that is when you're able to walk by faith. That's when you're no longer hoping that you're healed. No, you're fully persuaded that I've believed that I've received my healing. And you hide and watch, I'll have it. How? How's not my deal? How's his deal? Right? So let's keep going with this. So this is the mystery. And then it says this. Verse 10. And when he was alone, 
they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. So these are the guys that came back and wanted to know. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Now the religious mind will go, well, see, Jesus is playing favorites. No. What is the spiritual truth of the parable? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So if you read it in that context, unto you that have ears to hear, that have chosen to have ears to hear, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, without what? Without ears to hear, these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive. See, it's not, it's, it's not enough to just see something, you've got to perceive it. This means you, you know it. You, you see it and you, for the, and you know it now. So you want to perceive things. It says, so then he keeps going, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? So Jesus is really talking here and he's really getting into some things. The key, it's not only enough to know what faith is. Listen, everything God promised you, he wants you to have it in your life, manifested in your life. It's of utmost importance that you have it manifested in your life because it's part of your witness. It's part of how you will bear fruit. Somebody might not listen to you if you just want to, hey, neighbor, can I come over and teach you the Bible? But if you come over and say, hey, neighbor, uh, you know, the Lord just put it on my heart to pay your mortgage payment this month. Right? Here, be blessed. You know? Person at a grocery store that has two carts of groceries and you're like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, the Lord just put it on my heart. He loves you. Would you allow me to buy those groceries? He, he, want, he would like to do that for you. That's part of who we are. God wants to take you places that you've not been yet. But it all starts, where does your road start? Making a choice that I'm going to have ears to hear. I'm putting his word first place in my life. And what will it look like? I don't know. It'll look glorious. But every one of our lives will be a little different. Even though we're family, we're walking together. We have different fruit. And that's what'll be so cool about coming here. I mean, what is the key to church growth? How do you think Jesus increases a church? By the people in the church going out and bearing their fruit and bringing them back so that they can be discipled. Right? That's gonna be the primary way. So now in verse 14, he's going to tell the parable. The sower sows the word of God. Okay? The word is likened unto a seed that is sown into the hearts of people. 
the word is likened to a seed. Luke chapter 8, verse 11, you don't have to turn there. It's Luke's account of the parable of the sower. It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. What you're going to see in this parable is the sower will sow the same seed into every kind of ground. There's four different types of ground. Showing once again that God is no respecter of persons. Isn't it crazy? It's, it's crazy that God, the God of the universe, will still try to sow seed into a person who's wayside ground, who's sitting there going, yeah, this is stupid. I'm not going to do this. I don't even want anything to do with God. He will still sow seed into their... He'll, he, but it's wayside ground. So it, you're going to see that the word of God, which is forever settled in heaven, full of life and power, literally cannot produce in wrong ground. Out of the four grounds that we're going to see, it only produces in one ground. Only one of the four. The seed produces different results based on the soil. What is the soil? It's the soil of your heart. A man's spirit is designed to grow things. As a matter of fact, everything that God brings into your life, he will grow. You'll grow a healing. You'll grow all your debts being paid. You'll grow a ministry. You'll grow all of these things. The seed produces different results. The results are never dependent upon the seed. The results are dependent upon the ground. Okay? And this, is, this explains why people get different results. And this is what's tough. Because people will, you know, especially when you're younger, it's, it's almost this, you have this deception that you're going to live forever and you've got all this time. And those of us who are older are going, no, you, you need to get around some older people to tell you, listen, dude, you're going to blink and you're going to be my age. And, you're, and, and if you don't, if you don't step and start walking by faith now and you're going to wait till next year, all of a sudden 40 years will go by and you will miss and then you'll have to start, right? The parable deals with the condition of our hearts when we receive the word. So this parable is teaching us how to have ears to hear. That's everything. The word of God in you is what produces fruit. Not you. The word will produce the fruit. It's not your job to heal your body. It's the word's job. It's simply your job to maintain your soil. Your soil needs to have a rich supply that you know it's this, this fertilizer and this growth, this literally supernatural fertilizer in you that God loves me. And, and then you've got to keep watering that soil. So let's keep going with this. Verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, past tense heard, Satan comes immediately 
and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Well, time out, pastor. I thought you said Satan can't touch my spirit, man. You're exactly right. How does he take away the word that was sown in your heart? He makes you doubt the word. So people hear it and they doubt it. Now this is kind of vague because they'll hear it and they don't consciously say, oh no, that's not true. But they doubt it because they're, they're going, there's no way I'm going to do that. So they really doubt that it's true. How subtle could that be? Do you know how many Christians don't honor God in their finances? Why in the world would you do that when God says over, I mean, so many times in the Bible, this is how you're blessed. Well, why wouldn't you do it? Well, because you doubt it. You doubt that that's true. But God is so good, it's okay. He'll keep sowing those seeds. He'll keep sowing them. Some people get mad. That's it. That pastor talks about money too much. I'm out. Right? That's okay. God will keep trying to sow any chance he gets because he loves you. So, so here, he comes immediately to make the person doubt. See, wayside ground, it represents people with no interest in the word. And these are people who get no results from the word. But if you keep listening, feeding, and watering the word, then Satan could never take it because he'll never be able to make you doubt it. So verse 16. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard, once again past tense, the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Now man, I've been stony ground. I used to be stony. I, I've written books on being stony ground when I was younger. I'd sit in a service and hear the word. Wow. I mean, have you ever sat in a service and you get your answer? And you're like, that's my answer. Right? But has this ever happened to you? Immediately they receive it with gladness. And they have, and have no root in themselves. This, means no, this Greek word means moisture. In other words, they stopped watering the soil through teaching. They were unwilling to water the word. Right? I've never met so many Christians that say they're Christians and have no desire to go to church. That's a new one for me in the last five years. I think I figured it out. I'm not so sure they're Christians. I don't know. Because, man, when you... When you when you know him, you'll have a desire for him. If I had no desire for God, it would freak me out. I'd be like, well, okay, what? Okay, I, I need to like lock myself in a room and get myself right here because this is weird, right? So these are they likewise which are by stony ground. They hear it, that's my answer, but they don't, they don't water. Now, now this is interesting. Some people think they're watering. Because this was me. Man, from the time I was 18 years old, when I moved to California when I was 17, right after I turned 18, or just right before I turned 18, I became part of this church, and I was the first one there, the last one to leave, every service, everything, all the time. Loved it. I'm always listening to teaching. I'm always, 
I'm always listening and I'm always listening and I'm always listening and I'm thinking I'm watering, but listening doesn't water. Meditating, hearing the word waters. Okay, so get that little nugget. They have no root in themselves and so they endure for a time afterwards if affliction comes. It doesn't say that, does it? It says when affliction this is test trials and pressure which will come every time to try and it's those pressures those tests those trials and those pressures they're coming from circumstances from the world system they they will come when you get your answer i'm here to tell you that pastor man be come on i've been here for over an hour i've been here for over an hour be nice no, no, I love you. It's true. It's going to come, and it's going to try to produce an attitude in you that said, this is just too hard. Don't let it do that. Persecution will come. Persecution. People will come and say to you, who do you think you are believing the word of God? Oh, you're one of those. Right? So you'll be persecuted for this stuff. But it doesn't arise for your sake. Satan's not afflicting and persecuting you just for you. No, 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 he's doing it for the word's sake. He does not want you to know that this word works. Because he's done in your life. It says, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. This word offended, it literally, this Greek word lays out exactly how a person gets offended. They are entrapped and they are tripped up and they are caused to distrust something that they should trust. When a person gets offended by another person, they're entrapped, they're tripped up, and they stop trusting that person. In relation to the word of God, they stop trusting the word of God. Oh, that word stuff just doesn't work. I tried that. I tithe three weeks and it just didn't work, Right? Yeah, we've all been there. The watering of the seed is the only thing that will cause you to withstand the pressure and affliction and a persecution that will come. You just keep watering the seed. What, that, what does that mean? When this pressure comes, you're like, no, it is written. It is written. It is written. And as you're saying it is written, that word is full of life. It's going off on the inside of you. And it's getting bigger and it's getting stronger. So stony ground doesn't water. These are they, I'm almost done now. These are they, hang with me. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but then look at what happens. The cares of this world, what will that do? That'll get you to start saying, I don't have time. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to be involved in church. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time because I'm too, too busy. Right? So, so why does a person get too busy? Because they stop being led by the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not judging you. I'm talking about me. Right? You've you got to be careful because in, in our society, it's so easy. You just, all of a sudden, you turn around, and man, you're, you've got way too much stuff going on, and right? So, so this, this is thorny ground, the deceitfulness of riches. What does that mean? 
You put your job or your career or other things in your life before God. Do you know some people have been doing great spiritually right up until they got a cabin at a lake and then now they're completely, they're just, I mean, we, we, we knew a family years and years ago. Husband was a worship leader. They'd been in church their whole life. They had these kids. We would take our kids, they would go camping. They would go camping like literally a few miles away from where they went to church. But all summer, they're out because they're camping. We're spending quality time with our family. Quality time. And we would all in the natural go, oh, it's so good for families to spend quality time together. And it really is. Unless it, you put that before God. Our kids actually, David and Sarah, they would ask us, can we go camping? Their definition of camping was we would drive to their campsite and sit around a fire, do s'mores and things, and then go home. <laughs> That's what they thought camping was at first, right? Now my son, you guys love to camp. Yeah, it's awesome. But, but I mean, you know, I love to camp too. It's at a resort somewhere, right? <laughs> so, so here, see, people just put stuff before God. That's all it is. And it says, and the lust or the desire for other things, this will produce an attitude in the person that just says, I just don't really want God. So this progression, you got to be careful about this progression. Because this comes in, these things come in. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things will enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Notice Satan's not taking it. He's not taking the word there. He doesn't have to. Right? Here's the commentary on this one. The desire for the things of the world become greater than the desire to continue to give attention to the word of God. In other words, this person is mixing everything in their life with the word of God. And it chokes it. This person is not totally committed. The word is not first place, so they're only listening. They're not hearing. And oh, here's the heart of this. Here's God's heart. People like this, they're great people, but they're just missing it. They don't know how good God is. They're, they're not hungering after him because they're not feeding on him. That's all this is. If you're hearing wrong things, it's going to choke the word of God. In other words, this is talking about a way of life. See, Satan is not taking the word here. There are no works, so faith is barren. Faith without corresponding action is inactive. In other words, the attention, if you don't get anything else today, the attention that you give the word of God will determine what you will receive from the word of God. So let me finish this up. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. That means they approve it, they take it up. This Greek word means, and they continue in it. That's the only difference. If you look at these grounds, the only difference is the attitude the person has when they hear the word. That's the only thing. And everything will be trying to 
move you slowly and progressively from being good ground to being wayside, thorny ground, and and, and wayside ground. Stony ground, thorny ground, wayside ground. Satan's always trying to do that. And it says here, they hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Now, it says it this way because the person's not bringing forth the fruit. The word is bringing forth the fruit. And it brings it forth some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Why, why different amounts of 30, 60, 100-fold? Why is that? That's all based on the attitude that you have. So in other words, you choose whether you're 30, 60, or 100. You choose that. God doesn't choose that. The word is the word. It's going to produce. So if you want to be a hundredfold, just be, say, yeah, I'm a hundredfold ground. Right? Verse 24, he said unto them, take heed what you hear. You could translate this, take heed who you hear. For with what measure you measure, it'll be measured to you. And until, unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that has ears to hear to him shall be given, and he that has not ears to hear, in other words, from him shall be taken even that which he has. So having ears to hear is everything. So in other words, God expects us to have a continual operation in our life of taking care of the word that we're hearing. So this is how you hear the word of God. So now we know what faith is. And now we know how to hear. It's all to do with your attitude. This whole thing is relationship. Next week we'll start talking about how to release your faith. And it'll help us. Amen?